Right. Ready? No, I did look back. You Two episodes ago, you wore that sweater, and two episodes ago, I wore this sweater. So, again. Simplicity. Simplicity. <laughs> or cheapness. All right. Ready? Let's go. All right, and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 6 of From the Ridge. Uh, once again, I'm our host, Nathan, uh, and today on the podcast, one of our sole guests, Jacob Piero. Welcome back to the show. Uh, it's been a few weeks since we recorded. Yes. Not a lot of questions coming in. Some busyness at the end of our financial year here at the church. Uh, but we're excited to be back because we just finished our sermon series from Garden to City. Jacob wrapped it up this past Sunday, mm -hmm. uh, speaking of the New Jerusalem and the lovely book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. uh, so for those who didn't listen to it or those who have forgotten a few days later, do you want to give us who does a... That? <laughs> what? No, we take good notes at Northridge. Uh, do you want to give us a quick summary synopsis of your sermon from Sunday? Sure. Um... So again, this message was a little different. Uh, in all the previous ones, we were looking back on events that have already taken place. And in our message on Sunday, we look forward to how God is going to eventually bring this grand story for humanity to a close. And so we looked at the passage in Matthew uh, where Jesus talks about what life between his first and second are going to, to look like. And he uses that image of the birth pains. And mm. how as we get closer and closer to the end that humanity will experience these pains that will increase in frequency and intensity, much like the birthing process, um, <laughs> but encourages us not to be alarmed that those are happening. And and so as we experience those, we aren't to, to view those pains of life as reasons for God being absent. It's actually reasons that his plans and purposes are continuing to come to fruition until the end. Hmm. Um, and then we looked at the end in Revelation 21 and 22 as in how God is basically bringing the grand story full circle where in the garden we saw heaven and earth perfectly united and in mm. revelation 21 and 22 with this new city in this new creation that jesus will usher in in his second coming there will be a place for humanity to dwell that is the perfect union of heaven and earth where us and god are and and perfectly uh, are perfectly united in mm. for eternity um and then we talked about who is it that's going to inherit this new jerusalem uh, and in the words of Revelation, it is only the victorious. Hmm. Um, and so basically the conclusion of the message was like the, the take home points from this message and the entire series was an invitation to live without surprise because we know how the story is going to end, to live victoriously because we know what those who are victorious will inherit, to live compassionately and to actually share this story mm. with others because we know Jesus doesn't reveal the end of the story to us just so we can sit around and wait. He right. actually wants us to partner with him in bringing his plans and his purposes to completion and to share this story with those around us uh, and to live urgently, that that we don't wait for tomorrow to, to respond, that every interaction we have with another person and even on our own is an invitation to respond without surprise and to respond victoriously and to respond compassionately. All that God has given That's us. Story. Yes. Wow, that was a succinct. It was. I'm breakdown. I'm hoping people heard that as I preached on Sunday and got past the two huge pit stains I had. <laughs> oh, Jacob needs an. You're undershirt. completely unaware when you're preaching that that is happening. There you go. And then I went back and watched it, and I was like, 
First thing I noticed. There you go. Caught it on camera. Won't, won't be seeing that shirt come out anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> well, so we're talking about the words of being victorious. Uh, we see that in the book of Revelation, but um, do you want to take, I know we, we kind of rushed through it on Sunday. Do you want to yeah. take a, a, a few moments to see kind of where we see this this term victorious, victorious yeah. and the particular context in which yep. the author is writing? Yeah. So again, that was a part of a message when you're constructing a sermon, you realize there's things you just got to scrap and get to a little quicker. And that was definitely one of them. You got to keep it under 30 minutes. Yeah. I didn't do a good job of that this week. Um, yeah, so in Revelation 21, it says those who are victorious will inherit all of this, referring to the New Jerusalem. Um, and in chapters, that word appears many times in the book, specifically in chapters 2 and 3. And in chapters 2 and 3, it's Jesus specifically, again, through the visions of John, specifically speaking to these seven different churches um, that this letter is eventually sent off to. And, and when he addresses those seven churches... Um, he will commend them for something, but then he'll encourage them to do or respond or correct something they aren't doing great. And so he'll, he'll usually a sentence or two of like, you need to do this. Hmm. And then he'll say to those who are victorious at doing what I've just said, they will and then inherit basically the new Jerusalem. And so when you're reading through these passages, by looking at what Jesus encourages them to do, that's basically how he's defining victorious in each of those instances. And so on Sunday, right. I listed off basically seven statements, which was my synthesized version of what Jesus was saying to each of those churches right. to kind of round out a fuller understanding of what it means to be victorious. Right. Um, and it's cool within to each church. Again, there's kind of this formula you can identify. I'll encourage you to go and read it and figure out what that formula is because it's the same structure to each church. But there's always a statement that says, um, all who have ears, let them hear. Hmm. And so in those moments, even though Jesus is, yes, addressing a specific group of people, he's saying, whoever has ears, whoever is listening to this prophecy, let them hear and let them respond. Right. And so, yes, it's words that were written to a church 2,000 years ago, and that's what it meant for them to be victorious. Um, but even as us reading it 2,000 years later, um, that same idea of Victoria still applies, just going to look a little different right? for those living in the 21st century West as opposed to first century Rome. Or, yeah. Engineers, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I understand it, and I understand the context of the term victorious, but as I was reflecting on this, I think there is a natural kind of way in which our minds can hear these terms, hear these instructions, mm -hmm. And begin to think that our salvation, our victory, is based on a works-based mm -hmm. uh, practice. Yeah. I do this X, Y, or Z, and then I will be victorious. Then mm -hmm. I'll inherit the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. But that goes kind of in contrast to what we've continually said over and over again throughout the series is that all of it has been accomplished by Christ mm -hmm. on the cross, mm -hmm. nothing of our own works. Yeah. And so can you tease out kind of the tension mm -hmm. that, that rests in that yep. underlying assumption? Yeah, so I, I hear that. Um, and as I said in my message when we talked about uh, some of the uncomfortable passages we'll see in Scripture, like the idea that those who are not victorious will be... Mm. 
spending eternity apart from God. And you can hear that and be like, oh, that's really harsh. But my encouragement and my message was to read things like that in light of the whole story. Um, and in that particular instance, it was a, in the story, you, you see a God that's done everything he possibly can for that not to happen. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I would probably say a similar thing in this instance is to, to read these passages in light of what we've seen revealed about God as we've worked through the story. And what I believe you see is that we see a God who has created human beings to work alongside him. Hmm. So in the garden, um, in Genesis, we see God create humanity, not to just chill and do nothing. They, he actually asked them to partner with him in his rule and reign over creation, right? By, by tending to the garden. Um, naming the animals naming the animals we were his workers and he wanted to work alongside us and you see that that relationship with god and that element of it that we're his partners traced throughout scriptures it's god Hmm. partnering with imperfect humans to carry forward his plans and his purposes and so if we view jesus's saving work as restoring the relationship that we once had with god and that we lost through our sin then the relationship that Jesus restored is one of partnership, hmm. right? The the new life that we have received when we place our faith and trust in Jesus is a life of rejoining him in what he's doing, right? Almost like aligning our wills with his divine will. And so if I think of your questions specifically through that lens, then living victoriously isn't just do A, B, C, and D, and then you're good. Right? It's about actually living the life that our faith in Jesus invites us to live. Hmm. Right, Stepping into the life that Jesus died on the cross for us to then enter into. right, it's, Which is really a life of partnership and working alongside God to bring his plans and his purposes to completion. Hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, when you miss that, like we, Jesus isn't after us a faith where... We're just waiting around. Yeah. That's not the life that he invites us to live. And that's not the life that our faith is meant to yield. Yeah. Well, it's like that idea, like um, we've been invited to be part of his kingdom work here and now. And mm-hmm. so our salvation, our, our redemption isn't just a, like a checkbox mm-hmm. in order to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lived experience of being yep. in relationship yep. um, and partnering with god to Mm -hmm. realize his kingdom here and now and part of that requires a response and we see that all kind of throughout the new testament like we always talk about the book of james is like the the action steps yeah yeah like the uh who's i'm gonna there's a quote that's coming to mind i can't remember who it is uh eternity starts now right and that's basically kind of sums up what you just mentioned and so um i don't think these these victorious terms are meant to be like mm-hmm. well if you ever fall short of doing this once mm-hmm. you're out of it yeah but no part of being living in this relationship is a, an executable mm-hmm. step yep and so yep. um our our life our existence is to partner with god mm-hmm. and that requires a transformed life mm-hmm. um and so um I knew that wasn't the intent of it, hmm. but for those who could hear yeah, it, you, we you can, can we can yep. quickly be like, oh, yep. oh, wait, well, we're hmm. just kind of working our Do way to heaven, and, yeah. and that's never the intent, never mm-hmm. the the question. 
So we had another question come in, and I think it probably came about as a result of some of the application points, those three or four points you mm -hmm. said at the end, to live without surprise, to live victoriously, compassionately, and urgently. Mm -hmm. And so the question, I'm going to kind of synthesize it, is um, that if we're called to practice a faith that is in Jesus, mm -hmm. uh, this faith produces one of love for those around us. Mm -hmm. Um, it necessarily impacts the people we interact with. Yep. And so then, if that's the case, how do we evaluate mm. how well we're doing, mm -hmm. right, in this process of showing love to those around us? Um, and so, uh, I guess it's the idea, if the Spirit is transforming me into a person of love, mm -hmm. how do I make sure it's happening? How do I actually know it's happening? Yeah, it's an important question mm -hmm. uh, and a good one. Um for those of you who remember the spiritual formation paradigm, oh, throwback, uh, yeah, you'll remember there was a little uh, arrow at the bottom uh, that was pointing to the right, that basically was indicating that our spiritual formation or our transformation into the likeness of Jesus Christ, more often than not, is not something that just takes place in an instant where it's like you can all of a sudden realize, oh, I'm way more like Jesus because the Spirit just did something to me like that. It happens. Like there are testimonies of people who overcame addictions overnight. Mm -hmm. um, but quite often, like deep character change into the likeness of Jesus Christ is, is something that takes time, which means you're not always aware that it's happening. Right. And so I think it's a good question to realize how can we make sure we know mm. um, that it's happening. And... I'll call this a response, not an answer to that question. There you go. Because <laughs> avoid an answer, give a response. A response. Because uh, I don't know if I have the perfect answer, to be honest. Um, but I have a response. So I think there are, and my response is twofold. Hmm. I think there are helpful practices you can implement that will help you uh, evaluate your spiritual formation. Um, I think a spiritual mentor. Someone that you can wrestle through these questions with is helpful um, and someone that's around you enough to be able to also provide their own input on right. the life that you're living. Um, again, not just like checking off moral check marks, but like actually the way you're engaging with people. Um, and also, I think it's important if you want to be like Jesus, you need to be able to identify the ways in which you're not like Jesus hmm. and then work on that and invite the spirit into those spaces. But that's really hard to do on your own. You kind of need some help. And so I think it's important to have a relationship or two in your life where you've given someone the space and the opportunity to point those out to you. Hmm. Um, because is just my observation is that we're not that great at that unless it's telling someone on social media that they're wrong. Right. Um, but like, I think more often than not, instead of coming to someone and being like, Hey, I don't know. That was the best way to respond with their best interest in mind. We just go and complain about them to someone else. Hmm. And so I think because we, we don't know how they would respond. And so if our intent is to be transformed in the likeness of Jesus Christ and be aware of the ways in which we're not, I think it's a helpful practice to invite a very, not anyone, but I think a good close friend who you see often, give them the permission 
to mm -hmm. point those out because right. they might not do it instinctively, but if you give them the permission and it's going to be an exercise to respond graciously when they take you up on it, right? Um, I think it's a helpful practice. Well, it's that idea of, again, I'm jumping in, but that iron sharpening iron. Mm -hmm. um, you can't do that mm -hmm. unless you're willing to be like grazed and mm -hmm. refined mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. asked difficult questions, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but not everybody is going to be that person and mm. you're not going to be that person for everyone. And so that's yeah. the important point, yeah. Yeah. but allowing the space for someone to speak into your life, mm -hmm. I think is what you're mm -hmm. saying. Yeah, exactly. And, and going about that intentionally in a way where you give them the permission to do it, because I think that's, mm. that's helpful. Yeah. And then they can evaluate and, mm -hmm. and help you mm -hmm. evaluate how well you are loving. And I think that's yeah. the question is how mm -hmm. effective am I loving? Yeah. It's hard to tell yourself. Mm -hmm. But people around you can show you and yeah. and reflect mm -hmm. uh, th that. Yeah. So those, I would say those having a good friend and a mentor um, to wrestle through some of these questions are helpful um, in terms of specific practices you can engage in. Um, but I think there's also just some, some good reflective questions you can ask yourself. Right. Again, these transformations don't often take place overnight. So helpful re reflective questions to keep coming back to to be able to see how the spirit is guiding you along this, this journey of, of Christ likeness. And, um, we worked through a couple, uh, helpful questions to ask ourselves. This list is not exhaustive in any means, mm -hmm. just some questions that Nathan and I kind of came up with as we were reflecting on this question. Um, so the first one, do you have any relationships that you're currently pursuing with the other person's interest over your own? If I think of my social interactions, am I only hanging out with my best friends because I receive the biggest Dopamine social, um, spiritual fill yeah. in hanging out with those people, which isn't bad, but do I find myself investing in relationships where my primary aim isn't to be filled by the other person, but because I want to invest in someone else? Hmm. Um, and so sometimes that can look like engaging with people that you don't have a lot in common, but you know you have something to offer them. Right. Um, maybe it's what you have to offer is the story that we've been working for, working through. And so investing in non-Christian friendships mm -hmm. um, with, the, with the aim of, of providing something and serving them with something that they currently don't have. And so I think that's a helpful question to ask. I'll yeah. go through them a little quicker. Um, but I think like often, I'm going to jump in there. Yeah. I think we often hear the marginalized in scripture and we mm -hmm. often think of like the orphan and the widow mm -hmm. um, or the poor. And it's like, oh, like, I don't necessarily have those people around me. But I think all of us know people mm -hmm. whose uh, lot, they find it more difficult mm -hmm. to have relationships and mm -hmm. challenging to have the close friendships that mm -hmm. other people experience. Mm -hmm. Um and so it's the question, are you going out of your way yeah. mm -hmm. to show love and compassion to those mm -hmm. around you yeah. and those people who are marginalized? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's a, yeah. a good question as and well. And the act of doing that, you're really doing it um, with their interest over your own. Yeah. You're, you're approaching that friendship or that relationship just through a different lens, which I think is something Jesus does. Yeah. Hence why it's and I don't think we question. can do it without... Yeah, Jesus, exactly, right, and exactly. so that's the effectiveness mm -hmm. is, is doing that. All right, um, a few more questions. A few yeah. more questions to ask ourselves. How do you respond to interruptions in your day? Hmm. Um, if someone were to interrupt you, 
do you not give them the time of the day or do you give them the space um, and the time and the attention that they're looking for and responding out of love instead of frustration? How do you find yourself responding to gossip or unkind words, right? Are you breaking the cycle or are you contributing to the cycle? Hmm. How content do you find yourself on a mundane Tuesday or a mundane Wednesday, right? Because I think there is a holy contentness in doing life with God that comes as we are transformed into his image. Hmm. Um, now, that's not to say you're not, you always have to be content in every circumstance. No. Um, you're allowed to be unhappy with certain things. Um, but generally speaking, what is your most common heart posture? Is it a, a posture of gratitude and contentment um, or is it not? I think mm. that's a helpful question to ask. Um, and I think one more we asked. Yeah, it's it's like that idea of are you becoming more increasingly aware of both uh, the sin in our lives and the grace we received? Because I think if we are more and more amazed at the grace that God has apportioned to us, we'll be more aware of the ways in which we've fallen short. Mm -hmm. And there's this beautiful upward spiral that mm -hmm. takes place when we acknowledge that grace. Yeah. Uh, we reflect about the sin in our own lives. And uh, maybe that looks like the daily practice of confession mm -hmm. unto God. Uh, maybe it's uh, the revelation that there's practices and changes that need to take place in you know, how you respond to people, how you live, how you act. Um, but being aware of the sin in your life, yeah. increasingly aware of yeah. our imperfections mm -hmm. as humans, yeah. I think is a reflection of how much we've experienced the love yeah. of Christ. In our, um, our life group, we're doing a series that's being run, like a video series from Matt Chandler. And he talked about this two weeks ago, how when he first became a Christian, he thought, okay, all I need to do is... I don't actually remember his examples, so his examples aren't real. But essentially, it was like, all I need to do is stop smoking, stop sleeping around, and go to church, and I'll be like the perfect Christian. It was my <laughs> only two issues in life, and I'll be perfect. And the more and more he journeyed with Jesus, the more and more aware that he realized that's actually not the case. <laughs> there are much deeper things at play here. And so just journeying through that process of of dealing with some of those sin issues that at one point we probably weren't aware of. Yeah. But as we continually journey with Jesus, as we continue to disciple under him, mm -hmm. um, I think those things become more and more aware. So that, mm -hmm. as you said, a helpful question is, do you find yourself be becoming increasingly more aware of some maybe some sin issues that you previously yeah. didn't even really recognize? Because if we think that we're like like Jesus, then like we're right right there. <laughs> probably we're, misguided we're kidding ourselves you need that friend that will tell you you're yeah not. <laughs> <laughs> um and so i hope those are some helpful yeah questions and mm -hmm. and kind of responses to asking this the question how am i loving others and and mm -hmm. am i increasingly uh living into the life that christ has called us to and so we've kind of concluded the series now this Sunday is Palm Sunday. Mm -hmm. uh, Easter is around the corner. The Masters is around the corner. Um, <laughs> the but two I, holiest weekends uh, <laughs> collide. Uh, Heheaven and earth are one. Uh, <laughs> do not quote us <laughs> that on that. That was heresy. That's not That's a bad heresy. analogy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I wanted to look back quickly uh, and kind of reflect on our own takeaways from the series. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I think it was a helpful series that we spent a lot of time looking at the Old Testament, which we don't normally do. Yep. Um, but we did kind of a gloss over of all the scripture. And so reading through, uh, preaching through, kind of what was your big my takeaway. one takeaway at least? Yeah. Um, well, we obviously, like as someone who put a lot of thought into like the, the structure of this series, I had things in mind that I wanted communicated as we went through it. Um, but I'd say my takeaway that kind of came out of not the planning, but just the working through it as a congregation. Um, I found the viewing the Bible as a story, as this big narrative story of God's interaction with humanity was helpful in terms of providing some direction or perspective on life. And I think realizing that God has always been up to something mm. both in the past and he continues to be up to something in the future and that we can, we can, the scriptures reveal what exactly is his plans and purposes for humanity. I think it makes me, the question we often ask so often is what is God's plan or what is God's will for my life? And it's, it's a question with really good intention. I'm not like, it's not necessarily hating, a bad question. It's not a bad question. It's a good question. I I just think as we've worked through this series, I think the better question is, what is God's will, period? What is his will? Mm -hmm. And how can I step into that? How can I contribute to that? Mm -hmm. Right? Aligning my will with his. And so it's just, it's avoiding the tendency of dragging Jesus into my story and instead seeking to step into his right and so they're similar but it's just it's a it's a different perspective on my right. interaction with god and that yeah i'm not dragging jesus around in the things that i want to do with my life and ask right. in every situation what does god want me to do here what's what god wanting me to do here what's god wanting me to do here and just start asking the question what is god doing right and as the person who's not center stage, the person who's not the center orbit of this entire story, I'm just a part that God loves deeply and knows deeply, but is inviting to step into what he is doing. Yeah. And I think that was a cool perspective shift. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, yeah. As I kind of viewed the scriptures as a story. Right. It's the story that's been going on mm -hmm. long before us and long after us. Yeah. Um, and we are just so privileged to be able to step into God's story. Mm -hmm. And it's a gentle reminder that we're not the center of the universe. It is. Which is always a humbling thing, experience, especially in the West. Yes. Um, no, that's a, that's a great takeaway. What is your takeaway, Nathan? Yeah, well, I think part of mine, as I was going through, and it kind of reflected a little bit in my, my message in Judges, um, but just this idea that time and time again, God has, in his holiness, not kind of stayed away, even though he is wholly allowed to. He is mm -hmm. wholly supreme, other, set apart. And yet, time and time again, he has created a way for humanity to share space mm -hmm. with him. I think that image of, like, uh, there's a Bible project video that we we referenced early on in this podcast series, and it was in line with the garden um, where God and humanity shared space. And because of sin, it was separated. Mm -hmm. But time and time again, God made a way, whether it was the tabernacle, the yeah. temple, mm -hmm. um, and then ultimately in Jesus Christ mm -hmm. to share space with us. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so I think I've become increasingly aware of the holiness of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so too, in recognizing how holy he is, how much more abundant that grace is that he mm-hmm. ch- chooses time and time again to share mm-hmm. space with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just, yeah, so grateful for the perspective I think that the Old Testament mm-hmm. ca- can offer us. Mm-hmm. I think oftentimes when we neglect the Old Testament, we can lose uh, some of the grandeur mm-hmm. of how good and great God is. Mm-hmm. So, And the realities of a life without Christ. And a reality of a life without Christ, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's my takeaway in a nutshell. But uh, we hope and pray that mm-hmm. in and through this series that uh, our church was able to reflect, able to learn and grow yeah. in our understanding and our knowledge of mm-hmm. this incredible God who mm-hmm. has since the beginning of uh, time desired to be in relationship with us. Yeah. Um, and, and the gift of the scriptures in revealing that to us. And yeah. my plug, if you have not joined our Version Bible plan yet, it's not too late. Not Just too late. jump in. The link is on our website. And if you... For those of you maybe who have fallen a little bit behind, um, which was me this week, vulnerable I'm a, I'm, moment. I'm a few days I behind. A, I am a couple days behind, but let's not let that stop no, us. Don't and discourage us. To press and on. you don't have to fully catch up. If you're like 65 days behind, just jump in at day 66. Are we even, what day are we on now? I, I don't are know. We, are we even on day six? Oh, how long ago did we start this? A couple months ago. Yeah. But nevertheless, uh, be in the word, be encouraged by this series. Uh, day 74. Day 74, pardon me. Sorry. Um, but yeah, uh, reflect and mm-hmm. consider the things of the series mm-hmm. and uh, look with anticipation to Easter um, where Christ's ultimate work on the cross was accomplished and three days later defeated death itself and so um thank you guys thanks for joining us uh, i'm sure we'll have another podcast at some point in the near future uh, but for now take care god bless and happy easter happy easter nice